I've been here all but 15 months of my life, and I'll be 73 next month. So I've been, I've got an idea, uh, kind of what it's like. Um, I can remember Jake when there was no, there's not a stop sign in town. I can remember that uh, everybody pretty much knew everybody. Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. Today, again, we're recording from the Brazosport Area Chamber of Commerce. For more information about the chamber, visit brazosport.org. Thank you once again to the chamber for letting us come in and record today. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. We would love for you to subscribe to stay up to date with us and our community. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to talk to you about it. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. In this episode, we're talking with Joe Reinhardt. I'm not sure whether to call him mayor or trustee as he served on both for his community. We're going to get into that, but first, thank you for being on the show, Joe. Well, appreciate being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Before we get into the, the civic duty that you've had, you lived in Lake Jackson most of your life. I've seen it change over the years. How have you seen it change over the years? Well... I've been here all but 15 months of my life, and I'll be 73 next month. Wow, so I've fantastic. been, I've got an idea, uh, kind of what it's like. Um, I can remember Jake when there was no, there's not a stop sign in town. <laughs> I can remember that uh, when I was growing up, you, everybody, and, and literally pretty much knew everybody. Sure. Um, it's one of those, it was a self policing town because we had one great uh, police officer, Captain uh, J.S. Brown. He, uh, you've seen, there's pictures of him through town sitting on his horse, um, but uh, right. he, he was pretty much a one-man department for a long time. And then uh, a funny story one night, uh, this guy, a lady uh, called and said, there's a young man outside the next-door neighbor's hat window. Hmm. Cap Brown goes over there, comes around, young man, what are you doing? Well, he was talking to the daughter. <laughs> so he goes and knocks on the door and, the guy said, uh, Dad comes to the door and said, this young man was outside your, little, your daughter's window. I just want to let you know about it. And then he took the young man home and let his parents know where it was. Wow. So okay. That, and that's kind of a close-knit town that it was then. Yeah. Um, well, we gradually grew. You know, um, 332, as we know it, as the freeway today, uh, was essentially a, a two-lane street that went through Clute, Commerce Street. To, uh, yeah. Uh, and then it grew into the four-lane, and then it grew into the freeway. Um We've uh, obviously had uh, been very blessed to be the, um, I guess, the retail hub for Southern oh, Missouri sure. County, this part of the county, yeah. um, which has increased population. Um, unfortunately, right now we're landlocked. Uh, we don't have much room to build anymore. Yeah. But, yeah. And uh, so but, uh, that we'll talk about that later, maybe. Well, sure. yeah, well it, it's an interesting thing to me that as I drive around this area between Lake Jackson Clute, even down to Freeport and Surfside, I couldn't tell you where one ended and one began. And, and I don't know that I know where Alvin yeah. and Manville end because I grew up driving that. Yeah. But I'm and talking to Calvin Campbell, and I keep having to remind myself that he's in Clute because right. the same roads go through 
uh, Lake Jackson end up in free, I'm uh, sorry, end up in Clute. And you go, oh yeah, okay. Now we're in a different city. It's very interlocked, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We used to say that uh, you go from Clute to Lake Jackson, the city limit sign on the same, yeah. it's on the same <laughs> yeah, post. Yeah, right. and, and essentially it is, if, you, uh, if you're familiar with where Dixie Drive is in Lake mm-hmm. Jackson, the east side of the ditch is the city limit. Yeah. So I mean that okay. from from three thirty two to Oyster Creek Drive, the right. east side of the ditch is that's yeah. the city limits. Wow. You you said you've been here since you were fifteen months. Yeah. So where were you born? Yeah, fifteen in Houston. Years old. No, fifteen months. No, you oh. said fifteen months. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was born in Houston. In Houston. Okay. Yeah. And my dad, we came here when my, my dad had been here right after the war and worked at Dow. Uh, for the Austin Company in construction. Oh, yeah. They were building Dow. Uh, then he left and went to work in sales. And then in 1950, well, it turned out he came back to work at the same plant that he helped build. Wow. In 1950. Awesome. And so um, well, I was 15 months old when we moved back here. Wow. All right. So this is this is really what you've known. No, this yeah. is all I know. This is all, this is all I know, yeah. Wow. Yeah. As part of your life, you served in the military, you served in the Army. How did that experience shape you? Well, I was I was one of those '60s lost kids, probably. Okay. Um, I went to college, um, wasted a lot of money and, uh, first for two years, and didn't do very well. And I got a letter from President Nixon <laughs> inviting me to join his army, and so uh, such a nice way to put that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, too good to an offer to pass up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Vietnam and came back, and then I went to Germany for six months. Uh, it it brought structure to my life. Um, it brought uh, the foundation for responsibility that took me a while to assume for myself, you yeah. know, because I was still kind of out there. And I dug such a hole academically that I it was a challenge just to finish college, but I was sure. able to get, get where I was. But, uh, uh, you know... It's a it's structure and responsibility and, and the fact that while you're an individual, you still have to act as a unit. And I've been yeah. to, I've been involved in that uh, through, you know through athletics anyway. Yeah. But it even became more more of a a point and uh, you know I I think that's pretty important. Yep. And you kind of mentioned that uh, school was a struggle for you, but then what did you do? You turned around after the military and you you. Uh, Started teaching yeah. and coaching, and you know it's a. It wasn't really a struggle. It was just the fact that I didn't go to class very often. It's, I mean, completely. That that's what it was. And I went to class, but I didn't excel. Um, I came back and I had wasted my parents' money. I went to school on the GI Bill, um, and uh, as I said, I had a hole academically to dig out of, and I got out of that and um, came back and. Um, went into retail for a while in a sporting goods store, and, and, uh, and I just that wasn't me. I wanted to coach, and um, I got a call from the local school district. And there's an interesting story beside that, but we don't have time for that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, when um, came time to graduate from college, uh, a guy that uh, had been one of my teachers, and he kind of knew I was a veteran and was struggling, had given me uh, um, it was a WH, which just withheld. And it could have been very, you know. Oh, yeah. So I came down to time to graduate, and I had to go see him and visit with him. And, and he gave me a break and uh, helped me get do what I needed to do to get my degree. And uh, 
so I was very blessed there to have folks along the way help me out too. Do, do you think your challenges in school? So, so I, I know that there are statistics that say seventy or ninety-five percent of people don't like school, but seventy-five or eighty love to learn. Right. So the challenge is the school. So how do you think your struggles with school served you when you were teaching? Well, my mother worked in a daycare center. And after I came back from Vietnam, you know, I'd go by there and there's all these kids that are hanging on to my knees and they have and they have no they have one parent. Ninety five percent of the kids there were yeah. one parent kids. And, you know, it, it kind of uh, like. I knew that I was wanted to coach, but I, that enhanced me even more my desire to do so, um, mm-hmm. because you know, and through the years I've been very blessed. And there, there was a saying. There's always a saying that if you're a teacher and you touch one life, you're a success. And and, and I've been blessed mm-hmm. to, to uh, have several kids that that uh, I've been I've helped, and they come back and visit me all the time. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a while ago you didn't know whether to call me trustee or mayor. Um, or coach, most, I guess I well, could have added that. Most coach, most folks still call me coach. They said, well, you were coach long when you were mayor. And so I said, you're right. And I said, coach is a term of endearment. And, and, and um, you go anywhere, anytime around folks. And we still call it, you know, we call each other coach. Hey, coach, how you doing? And yeah. we're all 70 years old, 80 years old. Yeah. So, But it's, uh, you know, you build a special bond with kids in athletics, and um, you take that to the classroom, and it's a big, uh, I think it's a big asset. You know, what a lot of people don't understand, and, and even teachers, but um, but even folks in the community, most part, if I have 150 kids walk into my class on Monday, those same 150 kids are going to come back Tuesday but their lives change somehow from Tuesday from Monday afternoon to Tuesday morning. Sure. You've got to be able to accept that, and you've got to be able to deal with it and not not get harsh and not and not have a knee jerk reaction to something because sure. you don't know if they saw somebody get killed in their projects, if if they got abused. You don't know what happened, and so you, you know you have to you have to you know it's a, they don't care what you know. Until they know how much you care, and that's. I think uh, that's a. I think that's a good lesson for anybody dealing with anybody on a regular basis or on a daily basis. So, especially yeah. now, you know, early, when I was growing up, it was everything was black and white, cut and dry. Yeah, and we don't have that anymore. No, and, uh, true. Yeah, true. We have uh, you know, and stuff on television and reading. They don't read the newspaper anymore. So television and, and social media. Yeah. Don't get me started on that part. No, here. no. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on. Let's leave I, that one alone. I will say that I've been at a number of events and places with you, and and it's funny that I've I'll talk to you and then kind of go off somewhere else, and and I've had someone come up to me and go, "That was my coach." And I go, "Well, go say hello to him." He, he, you know, yeah, exactly. But, he, but he's the mayor now. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. You know, it's kind of funny. I retired in 2012, and I was elected mayor in the spring of 2012. And so I went straight from. Wow. I went straight from. The there was no break. No. I, well, and it was good, too, because uh, my wife was still working and I had to be doing something because she probably was not going to be too excited about me just not doing anything, playing yeah. golf and, and nothing. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, and it was good. It was good for me. And I think it, and I was fortunate to be mayor at the time I was a mayor in Lake Jackson. Yeah. And, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, your civic service, but uh, we'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsors. 
Hey everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood realtor, Parker White with New Villa Realty. It's not a secret, the real estate market is red hot right now. Whether you have a dream of becoming a homeowner, your family's growing and you need more room, or if you're an empty nester, I got you covered. New Villa Realty specializes in helping our clients achieve their real estate goals through a stress-free process and open communication 24-7. You will never be left in the dark and I will be there with you for any questions you may have. Connect with me today so we can sit down and get you where you want to be. My phone number is 281-678-1811 or email me at parker at Realty, N-U-V-I-L-L-A dot com. I would love to meet you. I'm Jamie Scafidi, President and CEO of the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce exists to provide support to businesses and organizations in the Alvin and Manville area. With various networking and marketing opportunities every month, the Chamber can help you grow your business. Learn more at alvinmanvillechamber.org. Hey, we want to take a quick moment and tell you a little bit about 1820 Marketing, the producers of this podcast. We believe that when businesses have quality marketing, it gives business owners the freedom to focus on what they do best. We design websites, produce videos, and create marketing materials that help clients grow their business. Find out more at 1820marketing.com. It's something different. And now back to the show. So you kind of alluded to it before, but this is the sentence, the question I want to ask you, because I love the way, what convinces a school teacher to run for office? I don't think that I ran for office because I was a school teacher. I think I ran for office in 2003, my first, when I was first elected to city council, mm-hmm. just to become active in, you know, when you're coaching, you're tied up all the time, weekends and stuff. And even then... Um, I just felt that I, you know, I owed Lake Jackson something to a degree. Um, they'd been good to me. The people had been good to me. I was always treated fairly here. And the city was, and I just wanted to be a part of what was going on. That's awesome. And I think a lot of civil servants feel that way, or a lot of uh, hopefully elected officials feel that way. That you can't, you can't have a hidden agenda and, and run for office and be successful. It's not right. It's not fair to the city. It's not fair to the the population either. Well, I was going to ask you a question, but you, you kind of just answered it there. I was just going to ask you, what is it about public service that's attracting to you that makes you want to do it? Because I do think it takes a certain person to, to get in and be a public servant. I think probably, and, and this is my, you know, I, my thought is you need to serve all the people all the time. You don't serve some of the people all the time. Yeah. You're elected by the city in a citywide election. Um, so you need to serve everybody. I, you know, yes, you take, uh, you go through all the processes with business that you need to do and you want to bring new business in, but you also have to provide infrastructure, public safety, um, city services for the population, for people to move here. They're not going to, you know, and uh, there's a, Another part to that is there's an old, uh, not old, but there's a a belief that for uh, a town to grow, you have to have a successful school district, you have to have health care, and you have to have retail. And, um, you know, we we were blessed, and I will say this, uh, Danny Massey, our school superintendent now, um, Danny came here um, in 90. 
Um, we coached together for four years, and then uh, he went into the administration, and, and his obviously our superintendent now. Right, yeah. When Danny was uh, became, he was named superintendent five years ago. Our district was in deep doldrums, morale-wise, um, success-wise, and now we're back in five years or six years, we're back to where we are now. Yeah. So I didn't, it wasn't necessarily the fact that I was a teacher that I went, went to into the city politics, but it was the opportunity to work and serve in the city and bring what I had to offer. And so I'm a little removed from Lake Jackson politics. Dorian and I both are being from Northern Missouri County. I will say that I've been a lot of places that you're at as well, and I've never heard an ill word said about you. I'm not saying that they're not. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> I've never heard them. He just hasn't heard them. But you've had a long career in public, public service yeah. from council to mayor to now the board of trustees. Obviously, you don't make everyone public serving doesn't make everyone happy all the time. But you seem to be able to do it in a way that doesn't create enemies. I don't know how else to put it. That's a very strong word. But you seem to do it with a grace and a perspective that people respond to. Where do you think that comes from? You're going to find this kind of strange, probably. My mother, when I first started teaching, the night before I first went to 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 my first teaching job, she called me. She said, I just wanted to tell you to remember to be kind to the students. And that's all she said. Wow. And and that's something that, you know, I, I kept it. And, and, I, and I use that in everything I do. And, uh, you know, somebody, you know, it's like talking to a parent at school. They call you their irate. But, you know, you get on the phone with them and you explain things, and all of a sudden their perspective changes. Sure. And in in, in Dealing with the public, it's, it's basically the same way. You know, you've got somebody called a funny story right after I was elected to the city council. A lady called me and said, uh, it was one of my mother's friends. She was kind of old. She said, Joe, there's an airplane flying over here real low, real early every morning, and it's waking me up. And, and I, can, can you check on that? I knew it was the mosquito plane. Right. But uh, she didn't know what it was, and it scared her, and it woke sure. her up. Because, and, so, and I th- hope that that's the only falsehood I told the whole time that I was elected. I told her that I would check on it, but I didn't say a word too much about it. But, uh, um, you know, you just, uh, if, if somebody has a problem, you listen to them. And then um, in the city politics, you go to the city manager. He goes to his department head. And then in, in Lake Jackson, this, anyway, then within 24 hours, we always had an answer wow. to what was going on. Nice. And then, now, granted, it may not have been what they wanted to hear, sure. but it, there was a, always a statute or ordinance, a statute or ordinance along with that. Sure. And so people understood that. Well, you know, you talked about when somebody's calling you irate and you talk to them, you explain them. I don't think everybody does that real good, which is one thing. But how about those people that call you that are irate that are looking for you to match their level of frustration when you don't match that level of frustration? How do you get through to those people? I think interestingly enough, and please take this the right way, just about everybody knows me. Right. And whether they're a past, a classmate from of mine, former students, <laughs> something like that, but sure. they know me and I, and I, I don't mean this in a, I mean this truthfully, and, and they trusted me. And so when I told them something, I followed through with it. They could take it to the bank. And, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's what I just felt like. It was the, uh, that's the way you deal with people. You know, if, if, you know, if uh, 
if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. Number one, and if you, if if you're gonna if nobody's going to trust if you're not going to trust yourself, then nobody else is going to trust you. And yeah. so that's why we're very fortunate to you know to have the, the opportunity to go to the city manager. Okay, here's what I, the complaint I got. He would go to his department head. Why did this happen? It came back, and and we had we had a trail and an open communication, and that's that's something else. You know, I, transparency is is most significant to me. And uh, if you're in a situation where transparency is, doesn't exist, you're gonna have more problems than a math book. I guarantee. You. <laughs> All right, that's a good point. Spoken like a true teacher. <laughs> yes. So after being on council and then being a mayor, you're now on the school board. How do those two roles differ? Well, I went from a not very high-paying job to a no-paying job. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm sick. Um, Well, to a degree, I I did it for the same reason. Um, I grew up in BISD. Mm -hmm. I worked and I retired from BSD after 34 years. I always felt like that uh, the school board needed to have representation of somebody that had been on the other side of the door. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, and Danny was a superintendent, and um, he's, you know, I knew that uh, I was proud of what he had done. Sure. I was fortunate enough to be on the selection committee. There was a large selection committee. We were divided into two groups, matter of fact, and it turned out that both both groups, um, Danny was their one and only, wow. only choice. Nice. And, and I will tell you why. At that point in time, my morale was very low. Our scores were even lower. Yep. And uh, um, Danny raised his kids here. He, he knew everybody from little league softball, whatever you did with kids. Um, and uh, he was all he also coached. He had there's the coaching part of it too. Everybody knew Coach Massey. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they, you know, they trusted him. And like I said, after five years, six years, we're back academically at the top of the heap in the state we're getting there mm-hmm. um demographics have slowed our growth a little bit but he's raised the morale and and our school district is on a in a very positive very positive path for, for those that don't know what does somebody that's on the board of directors for a school district what what specifically do you do you have three three major duties just like being on the city council you uh approve a budget you hire the superintendent, and you set goals. Okay. And the superintendent runs the show. I mean, you, you know, it's like the mayor or the city manager, the city council, and the uh, hires the city manager, you know, and the city manager answers to the council, and the superintendent answers to the school board. And, you know, if, if it's somebody you trust and you know you can trust, then it's seamless. And just because we're about to experience this at Alvin Community College, how do you see balancing your goals? To me, a good superintendent, a good president has their own goals. I don't Objective, want to say agenda because that sounds very objectives negative. Whatever, yeah. yeah, they have things that they want to succeed at, and hopefully those align. In the best case, they should align with um, the, the board. How do you balance? How do you see balancing that to make sure that it's a win-win for, for both? It's, it's interesting. Each you know We have monthly meetings. On Friday before our meetings on Monday, we have an agenda review with, with the superintendent. Everybody, every board member meets with him, and he goes hmm. over goes over the agenda. Um, any questions that we have, um, we take. He takes them. 
then on Monday morning, he has a uh, run through of the presentations that are going to be given at the board meeting. And at that time, he has his team, his cabinet, answer any questions of concern that have been brought to to him, you know, by the board members. And then usually and prior to the board meeting in the afternoon, he will he will relay the, their responses to us. And then, then if it needs further discussion, you know, deeper, deeper discussion, then we can do it in the agenda item. But if, if the questions get answered, and he sends them to everybody, he sends anybody that has a question, those questions come back to everyone. So it's not a wow. this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, then, therefore, everybody has an understanding of what's going on. Nice. Got to help keep your meetings from getting too dragged out. Too, well, yeah, sure. but you know, and we, you know, we meet once a month, and so you know, there, and there are different times of the year that there's more necessary necessary items to take care of than than not. We're getting into the budget season right. now, so yeah, that'll be right. that'll be very tedious for the next three or four months, especially when you're trying to determine what the illustrious state of Texas legislature <laughs> might do right. or not do to public education. So, absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you coming in, being on the show, and we want to thank the Brazosport Area Chamber of Commerce for letting us come in and record as well. To learn more about them, visit brazosport.org. Also, thank you to our listeners. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820marketing.com slash podcast. Joe, thank you for being on the show. Thank I appreciate you. it. Enjoy thank it. So thank much. you.